Jeremiah chapter 33, verse 1. And there is a word of Jehovah unto Jeremiah a second time, and he is yet detained in the court of the prison, saying, This is the second time that the Lord spoke to Jeremiah while he was in prison. It's not the second time that he ever spoke to Jeremiah. 2. Thus said Jehovah its maker, Jehovah its former, at establishing it, Jehovah is his name. Its maker is the maker of Jerusalem. And the Lord says, I have made Jerusalem and I have established it in my name. 3. Call unto me and I do answer thee, yea, I declare to thee great and fenced things, thou hast not known them. He tells Jeremiah, If you pray to me, I will tell you things that nobody else has ever known. Now, this Bible verse could apply to anyone, but you must be obeying the Lord. Why would he reveal his secrets to you if you aren't his friend? He's only going to reveal things to those who are his friends. This verse could apply to anybody who's obeying the Lord, but not anybody on this planet. If you're a witch, you can't just pray to God and demand that he reveal his secrets. He isn't going to listen to that. But because Jeremiah is so close to the Lord, he says, Call on me, and I am going to reveal things to you that nobody else knows. 4. For thus said Jehovah, God of Israel, concerning the houses of this city, and concerning the houses of the kings of Judah, that are broken down for the mounts, and for the tool. The mounts are the man-made mountains that are just made out of debris and rubble and dirt that they used to get to the top of the gate of Jerusalem in the siege. And then the Mount Tool could be a siege tower or a catapult or anything else that's used for the siege. 5. They are coming in to fight with the Chaldeans and to fill them with the carcasses of men whom I have smitten in mine anger and in my fury and for whom I have hidden my face from this city because of all their evil. Earlier the Lord had said that they turned their face aside and wouldn't look at the Lord when he was teaching them his commands, and now he's turning his face aside from Jerusalem, and he isn't going to look at Jerusalem when it cries out for help in the siege. And it says the Babylonians are joining the fight with the Chaldeans. So that explains why ultimately Jerusalem will go to the Babylonians. He also says that he is the one who is killing the men in Jerusalem. So he's using the Babylonians and the Chaldeans as his instruments, but he is the one who is killing these people who won't repent. 6. Lo, I am increasing to it health and cure, and have healed them, and revealed to them the abundance of peace and truth. This is what will happen in the future when the Messiah comes. The health and the cure is salvation. We get spiritual, physical, emotional, and psychological healing with salvation. That's why Jesus is a cure. We also get peace and truth because peace means our sins are forgiven and truth is the word of God that Jesus speaks. 7. And I have turned back the captivity of Judah and the captivity of Israel, 
and I have built them as at the first. This is when the second temple will be rebuilt under King Cyrus, the king of Persia. We had already read about that in the books of Ezra and Nehemiah. When we were reading about the second temple getting built, Jeremiah hadn't been born yet. And now we're reading in Jeremiah about the city of Jerusalem getting destroyed. We've actually gone back in time when we started reading the book of Jeremiah because it's before Ezra and Nehemiah's time. 8. And cleansed them from all their iniquity that they have sinned against me, and I have pardoned all their iniquities that they have sinned against me, and that they transgressed against me. The Lord says that he will forgive them when he brings them back home. This is also talking about salvation through Jesus Christ, because when we return to the commandments of the Lord and to his Son and put all of our faith in his Son, it's as if we have come back home, and at that point he forgives us of everything that we had done. 9. And it hath been to me for a name of joy, for praise, and for beauty, to all nations of the earth, who hear of all the good that I am doing them, and they have feared, and they have trembled, for all the good, and for all the peace that I am doing to it. For a time after King Cyrus had the temple rebuilt, there was peace in Jerusalem. Jerusalem again became a place of praising the Lord, and acknowledging all of his wonders, and it again became a place of joy. 10. Thus said Jehovah, again, heard in this place of which ye are saying, Waste it is, without man and without beast, in cities of Judah and in streets of Jerusalem, that are desolated without man and without inhabitant and without beast. The Lord says, right now Jerusalem is going to be made uninhabited. Even the animals are going to be hauled off or killed as well as the people. 11. Is a voice of joy and a voice of gladness, voice of bridegroom and voice of bride, the voice of those saying, Thank Jehovah of hosts, for Jehovah is good, for his kindness is to the age, who are bringing in thanksgiving to the house of Jehovah. For I turn back the captivity of the land, as at the first, said Jehovah. Just as people will say that it has been laid waste, one day when I bring my people back, they will thank the Lord and will rejoice and be happy and there will be marriages again in this place. 12. Thus said Jehovah of hosts, Again, there is in this place that is waste, without man and beast, and in all its cities a habitation of shepherds, causing the flock to lie down. He says that the shepherds will return. I think the Chaldeans had actually taken the sheep and the shepherds away for their own use, but he says the shepherds will return with sheep around this area. 13. In the cities of the hill country, in the cities of the low country, and in the cities of the south, and in the land of Benjamin, and in the suburbs of Jerusalem, and in the cities of Judah, Again doth the flock pass by under the hands of the numberer, said Jehovah. In the whole area of Israel, including Judah and Jerusalem, there will be sheep and they will be counted 
by people who buy and trade. 14. Lo, days are coming, an affirmation of Jehovah, and I have established the good word that I spoke unto the house of Israel, and concerning the house of Judah. 15. In those days and at that time I caused to shoot up to David a shoot of righteousness, and he hath done judgment and righteousness in the earth. This is talking about Jesus Christ coming to earth because he descended from the line of King David. And no other king existed after Zedekiah except for King Jesus. No other king of Judah sat on the throne after King Zedekiah except King Jesus who will sit enthroned during the millennial reign. It says that he is a shoot of righteousness and Jesus is the only person who ever lived who was righteous because he was capable of sinning, but he chose not to. And that isn't true of any of the rest of us. When we walk in righteousness, we're actually walking with the life of Jesus Christ inside of us. Otherwise, we cannot be righteous. We can only do righteous things if he is in us. Then it's his works that we are doing and not our own because only he is righteous. But if we try to use willpower to be righteous, it'll never work. In fact, we've already lost that game, because every single one of us has sinned. 16. In those days is Judah saved, and Jerusalem doth dwell confidently, and this is he whom Jehovah proclaimeth to her, our righteousness. Our righteousness is Jesus Christ, and the her here is the city of Jerusalem. It will be proclaimed in Jerusalem that Jesus is our righteousness. It was proclaimed when he rode into Jerusalem on a donkey, and they shouted Hosanna. But it will be proclaimed again in true faith when he sets up his millennial kingdom. 17. For thus said Jehovah, Not cut off to David is one sitting on the throne of the house of Israel. 18. And to the priests, the Levites, not cut off from before me is one causing a burnt offering to ascend, and perfuming a present, and making sacrifice all the days. The Lord says, I will have a Levite who will make an offering to me forever, and I will have a king sitting on my throne forever. That can only be Jesus Christ, because there was no other king of Judah after Zedekiah except King Jesus Christ, but he has not set up his kingdom yet. He will do that during the millennial reign. And he is our eternal high priest, as the Bible teaches, because he himself is the sacrifice forever. This can't be talking about a regular Levite giving an animal sacrifice, because once Jesus died on the cross, all of the animal sacrifices became obsolete and against the Lord's commandment. And the Bible does call Jesus our high priest, which no king before him ever was. He's the only king who is also high priest. 19. And there is a word of Jehovah unto Jeremiah, saying, 20. Thus said Jehovah, If ye do break my covenant of the day, and my covenant of the night, so that they are not daily and nightly in their season, 21. 
also my covenant is broken with David my servant, so that he hath not a son reigning on his throne, and with the Levites, the priests, my ministers. This says that just as it's impossible for us to abolish day and night, it will be impossible for us to prevent the Lord from setting up his eternal king on the throne in Jerusalem. So again, that has to be Jesus and nobody else. And it says that his king will serve with his Levites and priests, the saints who will judge the world with Jesus from Jerusalem. 22. As the host of the heavens is not numbered, nor the sand of the sea measured, so I multiply the seed of David my servant, and the Levites my ministers. Biologically, the Lord did multiply Israel to the point that nobody can number, because there are Israelites all over the world, and we don't even know how many of them there are. In fact, a lot of people who have descended from the twelve tribes don't even know that they're descendants, because they've never been taught that they are, and they don't know their genealogy. So there's way more Israelites on this planet today than anybody realizes. However, this is also talking about spiritual multiplication. Through Christ, anyone can be engrafted into his family. And those who have been saved over the generations are already more than we can count, although it's a small percentage compared to how many people have been born, because very few people choose to follow Christ and trust him. But it's still such a great number of people that it's uncountable. 23. And there is a word of Jehovah unto Jeremiah, saying, So now the Lord has spoken to Jeremiah again in prison. 24. Hast thou not considered what this people have spoken, saying, The two families on which Jehovah fixed, he doth reject them, and my people they despise, so that they are no more a people before them. The Lord asks Jeremiah, What are your thoughts about the people saying that I have rejected both the kingdom of Israel and the kingdom of Judah? 25. Thus said Jehovah, If my covenant is not daily and nightly, the statutes of heaven and earth I have not appointed. He says, My law is eternal, just as I have appointed the stars in the heavens. 26. Also, the seed of Jacob and David my servant I reject, against taking from his seed rulers for the seed of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for I turn back to their captivity and have pitied them. Using an if clause, he says, Only if my commandments cease, then I will also cut off Jacob Jacob, which represents the kingdom of Israel, and David, which represents the kingdom of Judah, and prevent a ruler from coming out of Judah. And then he says, but I will have pity on them, and they will return. So what he's saying is, there's no way that I am going to prevent them from having a ruler, because my commandments will never cease. Therefore, a ruler will come out of Judah again. And we know it has to be Jesus Christ, because no other ruler ever came out of Judah, and no other ruler will until Jesus returns for his millennial reign. 
and the Lord had pity on them to return them from their captivity in Babylon, and then he had pity on them again to bring the Israelites back to Israel in 1948. But ultimately, he's going to bring his people back to Israel during Christ's millennial reign. And that concludes Jeremiah chapter 33.